0: everybody. Welcome to the Rural Revival podcast. I'm your host, Diana Larson. Today's podcast is with Carmen Smith. Carmen and her husband, Jason, own and operate Fort Payne Feed and Garden in Fort Payne, Alabama. You're going to learn that in addition to the feed store, Carmen is involved with a lot of great things. She is one of the most inspiring people I know, and I know her story will inspire you too. So here we go with Carmen Smith. Carmen, you are an amazing person, and I'm just in awe of everything that you do. I don't know how you do it all, but I love that you do it. So tell us a little bit about you and what all you're involved in.
1: Okay, well, it's a pleasure to be with you. I um, I am a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. So I do wear many hats, as do many of you. So I'm just excited to be here with you today and to get to know your audience and to allow them to Just take a sneak peek inside the window of our little neck of the woods. And so I'm excited. Well, we're so
0: glad to have you here. Let's start and talk a little bit about Fort Payne Feed and Garden. Okay. How did you and Jason decide that this was something you wanted to take on and pour your lives into?
1: Okay, well, actually Fort Payne Feed and Garden has been a part of our life for most of our adulthood, actually. We bought feed here 15 years prior to purchasing the business now six years ago. But actually, um, it was, of course, never on my bucket list. If you had asked me years ago, do you want to be a business owner? Absolutely not. I know nothing of business. I still say I know just enough now to be dangerous. So, <laughs> um, But no, I all I ever wanted to be was a school teacher. And Jason just wanted to find a way to make a living working with horses. And so we... Um, the Lord made it perfectly and abundantly clear about six years ago after two years of a restlessness in my soul that I really still struggle to find words to describe, but it was just an unrest. And for those of us who know the Lord, you know what it's like to experience peace. And so I was experienced the absence of that. So for two years, we wrestled, I wrestled particularly, and, and would come to my husband. And, and from the outside, we looked like we had it rocking and going on. You know, I was we were working the American dream. I had my dream job of teaching school that I'd always wanted to do from the time I was a very young girl and actually was hired two weeks before I graduated first grade I loved it Um, those children were my children before I had my own and Jason was shoeing horses and had a nice strong back and life was good and yet I was so unsettled and so at night we would just lay and pray and Jason was, you know, he just try to figure out, of course, women are complex individuals anyways, (laughs) but, you know, he said, what is it? And I said, I just don't know. There's something's not right. And everyone was healthy, but he said, you know what? God is big and let's just pray big. And those were his words, actually. So we we prayed and we wrestled. And then through a series of events and actually two nights back to back, I was awakened to my sleep and... The first night that it happened, uh, the presence of the Lord was so thick in the room. Seriously, I was afraid. I was either I was afraid to open my eyes. I thought, one, I'm either going to be attacked, or two, I'm either going to have a panic attack. I'd heard people talk about it. I'd never experienced one. But I lay there and I wrestled till I was physically and mentally exhausted. So I got up, grabbed my Bible and a journal, and I went to the living room. And, and my journal was full, so I ripped out the scrap sheet in the back. And honestly, I, I call it just, I did a heart dump. Anything that was on my mind and on my heart and whirling around in my mind, I just jotted it down on that scrap sheet of paper. I mean, questions, you know, God, what do you want us? what is this about? Do you want me to homeschool? Do you want me to speak, write a book? I mean, refurbish furniture. I mean, anything that was in my mind at the time, I just wrote it on that scrap sheet of paper, filled the front full of questions. On the back, I said, Lord, I don't know the answer to these, but I know you know the answer to these and the ones I haven't thought to even ask yet. And so I rest in you, and I, I said amen, and I went back to bed. Well, the very next night, it happened again, and I woke up, and it really was pretty flippant. I'll be honest with you. I was pretty put out and just mentally exhausted with the whole thing. And I went to the living room, and I'm like, God, I'm, I'm done. I mean, i got to hear from you. i got to have a word. And so if you've ever just in desperation just flung your Bible open and just threw your finger down, and my finger fell on Acts 4.13, where Peter and John stood before the council and the council marveled at the boldness of Peter and John, knowing they had been with Jesus. And when I read those words, boldness and marveled, and they had been with Jesus, I began to weep and pray. And I wrote in the margin of my Bible, I said, Lord, do this in me, whatever this looks like. No agenda, no plan. I just, I want to live in such a way with such a boldness that others marvel at you in me. And I said, amen. And I went to bed and peace was restored. And day or two following, I went to my husband. and I was like, I got to quit my job. I've got to come home and homeschool our kids. And I remember he was sitting in one chair and I was sitting in the other and he threw palm, both palms up. And he said, if you want me to have a plan, I don't have a plan. I said, I don't either. I just know that God is faithful and where he leads, we must follow. And thankfully, he is a a devout believer in solid rock faith. And he said, you know what? Okay. And so that led me home. And more prayer. Lord, use us where we are with what we have. The long and the short. I went on a short-term mission trip to Indiana. And I'm given the little book, The Prayer of Jabez. We start praying that little prayer when I came home. I said, you know what? This little book is full of stories of people's lives who've changed and been turned inside out and upside down because they prayed this simple little prayer. Why don't we pray this prayer and see what God does? And my husband agreed and we started teaching it to our children. And so the four of us prayed and that's what brought us to Fort Payne Feeding Garden. Wow. And that verse actually hangs behind the register at our store and is a perfect opportunity to speak to people about how we believe that this is our mission field. It's not just a business. I say a lot of all the time that um, this business is as much about, it's actually more a lot of days about making disciples than it is even about making dollars. So
0: that's incredible. Wow.
1: (laughs) So that's a, that's a, it's a, that's a shorter version of a very long story. So
0: I love it. So all of a sudden, you know, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. What was the store like when you took it over? Like, did you (laughs) have
1: any idea what you're getting into? Oh, (laughs) holy smokes. No. Uh, The, you know, the, actually, the store had been offered to us, Tucker, our oldest child, uh, which having our children is another story for another day. But we had been, uh, the previous owner had offered this store to us about seven years prior to, and was like, you know, we, obviously, we were regular customers in here every Saturday, and we knew the guys here by name. They were good friends of ours, and they're like, you know, this store, you guys need to buy this store. And we're like, eh. uh, no, thank you, but no, thank you. So um, we were very familiar with the products, but uh, when you step on the other side of the line and you become the owner versus the customer, it was a whole different world in a world that was very scary, overwhelming, and we knew nothing of retail. I knew nothing of, I, my joke is that, um, you know, I do a lot of the accounting side and the bookwork side. And I tell many people that I felt those first few years like I was going to die like a troll in the attic up here trying to figure out QuickBooks. <laughs> but um, I had a very dear friend of mine who I taught her twins years ago, and she knows QuickBooks and accounting. And she gave me a crash course 101 in accounting and began to teach me things about Um, being reconciled which to me I knew nothing more of the word being reconciled than other than being reconciled to Christ not bank account being reconciled so I knew nothing but she was gracious and taught us and came alongside us but um, the store looked very different then than it does now Uh, probably had half the inventory it had you know it kind of been let go and um, the owner had moved on to a different place and so it needed a lot of TLC so it was a lot of cleaning out and starting from scratch And a very um, simple way to put it is our first year of business, I say, was our yes year. Uh, Yes, we will buy with you. Yes, we will donate to you. Yes, we will advertise with you. Year two was our no year. (laughs) We have to figure out how we're going to pay for year one. No, I'm sorry, we cannot. No, I'm sorry. No, thank you, thank you for asking, but no. Year three, we hit the panic button. Like, uh, what are we going to do? We cannot pay what's expected to go out of here because there's just not enough coming in. So we actually sought lawyers and we talked to pastors and friends and other business owners. And we were really in a state of panic of like, God, what are we going to do? I mean, to me, the word bankruptcy felt almost blasphemous. I was like, no, the Lord led us here. We can't do that, you know? And I'll tell you that we can, we'll talk more obviously about family, but I asked my husband, I was like, you know what? We've done all that we know to do. And yet we haven't done the thing that we know works best and we need to pray and we need to call other people to pray and I remember I asked him if he would be okay if you know we told my family my mom in particular my dad that you know we were having a tough time but they didn't know the extent of it and on a Sunday night we meet at my mom's on Sundays for supper I said do you mind if I share with them that we are in a bad place and ask him to pray with us and I still think about it and it makes me cry <clears throat> and he said sure so we did And we humbled ourselves and we told them, we said, look, our little feed store is in trouble and we need you to pray because this is bigger than any of us. And so we piled up literally in a monkey pile on my mom's living room floor and we just began to pray. Kids prayed. My mom and dad prayed. We prayed. My sisters, their husbands. And I will tell you that that year, our third year was the first year we began to hold. And now we have seen a steady and tiny little growth each year since
0: which just affirms
1: that prayer changes everything
0: absolutely so that's incredible so as you've gone along then like are your customers are they good about telling you what they want you know and kind of does that help guide
1: you too absolutely you know it again because we neither of us had any type of formal training no business degree no background in retail you know jason brought a lot of customers with him being a Farrier, which F-A-R-R-I-E-R, farrier is one who shoes horses. So he brought a lot of his customers who had been um, using him almost as a, you know, a a vet. um, began buying their feed here with us because they knew him, they respected his knowledge and valued that very much. So he brought some customers with him. There were already some existing customers, many of them which we we knew, having done business here ourselves. And then, um, yes, we have, I, you know, being a people person myself, um, <clears throat> I just, we ask them often, you know, how can we better serve you? What products do we have or do you wish we had that we don't? We've done some online surveys and um, just, but really just getting to know our customers has been the best thing to just really take the time. And, and you know, we say that a lot. Not only do we know our customers at this point we know a lot of our customers pets and we know their pets names and now we know what vehicles they drive and so you know taking that time that you don't find online mm-hmm. you know our tagline here is come experience the difference because there is just something different about coming into to a little store like this where you really feel like you just step back in time almost mm-hmm. but just taking the time and, and letting our customers know that they are a valued part of this team a valued part of this community and that we tell them very honestly and quite often that we wouldn't be here if not for them yeah and
0: you honestly can feel that when you
1: walk in the front door Mm -hmm. you just it you feel at ease you feel at home and you feel loved good good yeah there's some um movie seats i don't know if you noticed them downstairs but uh actually Jason had a shoeing client I had gone with him I used to do that a lot before we had our boys I'd go with him just we called them our little day dates and I was with him one day and we were in this guy's barn and I noticed he had this set of four just movie seats and I was like man these are rad I love these and he he laughed he's like well you have those And I'm like no really he's like no seriously he, he was in construction tear things down he tore down a movie theater and he just brought them home put them in his man cave in his barn and so at the time I was still teaching school I was like oh my kids would love these and so he gave them to me and I took them to school and we used them there and it was wonderful, wonderful there. And then when I left school and came home, we put them on our front porch and it was cozy until the bees started nesting in one of the cushions that had a hole. (laughs) So I was like, we gotta get these out of here. And so we brought them to the store and now, you know, we have locals that come in here every day. We got some guys that bring their Jack's biscuit and they come and they sit in those movie seats, you know, because uh, we got some that aren't married. We have some, you know, widowers and widows and even that just come and sit and just, they really are a part of our family. I mean, this is our, this is just an extension of our biological family. this is our business family, so it's good. I'm so glad that you've good. experienced that here already. Yeah. So
0: obviously you shared a little bit about some of the challenges. What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned
1: so far? Um, you know Jason, my husband I say I live in fairy world and he's very much a realist. but I went into this business just thinking, we'll just make it cute we'll just make it cute and kind of general storage and very Cracker barrelish, and we'll put some feed in here, you know, and I love vintage and antiques and plants and that kind of thing. But we saw very quickly that those aren't the things that sustain us. So I'm very thankful that my husband is the voice of reason here, really. You know, he said, cute doesn't pay the bills. So, you know, just <laughs> a lot of what we've learned truly and honestly, and as you talk to most business owners, has been trial and error. It's getting products in here. If something sits stale, if it's here too long, we're like, you know what? That may be cute, but it doesn't cut the mustard. It's got to go. So, you know, we quick sell it, we reduce it, and we get it out of here. And then we learn from that mistake, and we don't repeat it. We try not to. So, I mean, we've made some big mistakes and some little mistakes, but we've just tried to make it a practice to learn from those and just not do them again. So, But honestly, you know, a lot of things you don't know until you try them. Right. So there's been a lot of that. And we, and we do. We, we talk with other business owners. You know, we, we're not too proud to do that because I think it's, especially in small business where your pockets aren't deep, it's very important to work smarter, not harder. A former mm-hmm. principal of mine used to say that. And so, you know, I'm like, listen, what pitfalls have you experienced? You know, here, let me share some of mine. So, you know, we try to, you know, not only just in doing that with our customers, but just fellow uh, coworkers and friends and business owners to just get together often and just share you know, our strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's a key
0: is just focusing on how can I learn from it? Like, even if it didn't work, you can always learn something from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, I think it's important that we do that in all areas of our life, but in particularly in business, you know, you've got to be willing because none of us have it all figured out. I mean, you can have the best training in the world, but the statistics for small business ownership, particularly one that started from scratch, I mean, they're, it's sad depressing. Don't look at the statistics. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, thankfully this business was here and it's been established part of this community for almost 50 years, actually. So, um, you know, we weren't starting from scratch, but in a lot of ways we were because what it was when we first bought it is not what it is now. Mm -hmm. So. Well, changing
0: gears a little bit, you are also an author and a speaker. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes, I am. It's another hat that I wear. Yeah. Tell us about that part of your life. Okay, well, that also would uh, never made the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Again, I was just going to teach school, and I knew I wanted to have some kids and marry a cute guy someday. So, um, yeah, let's see how. Do, when I was home, you know, I come home after wrestling with God and Him just kind of settling that in my heart. And okay, I knew that coming home to homeschool my children which again is just completely of God because I declared for many, many years that I'd be a better mother because I worked. And I actually told my friend years ago, if you want to raise weird homeschool kids, that's your business, you know, and then God did a work in my heart. Now now I'm raising my own weird homeschool kids. But um, it was just one of those things that when I came home, I began to pray, Lord, use me where I am with what I have. You know, I love people. I love women. And where I was teaching, the women there, I mean, they saw us through some of the hardest and darkest seasons of our life through infertility and losing some losing a couple of children and then through the births of our children and then i was on extended bed rest with both of our boys tucker for 18 weeks jake for 26 weeks those women had fed us prayed with us visited me kept me sane um cleaned my bathroom, bought groceries. So, you know, I loved ministering and doing life with those women. So when I came home, I missed it terribly. I missed that sisterhood. And so I prayed. I was like, Lord, I know that motherhood is a glorious work, but I'm lonely and use me. And so in my quiet times with the Lord, because I'm an avid journaler, I would just, you know, wrestle this out with the Lord. You know, I know that I'm here, but surely you can use me. You're a great big God and your resources are limitless. I know that you can connect and bring people across and bring them to my house or, or send me their way. And just praying that consistently and, and writing that out in my journal. And it was like, I just kind of began to see, I mean, I, without sounding very mystical, I would really, I kind of just started to have these ideas and I would just jot them down. I'd flip to the back of my journal and write them down. And, and sometimes I would just, I mean, I'd write down like colors, like red and flowers and, and how to, and these, just these little things started coming to me. I didn't know, like you've, like you've shared with your story with Rural Revival. I couldn't put words to what was being born, but I know now that it was the six-week prayer journal that I have now self-published called, When You Pray Big, Things Happen. And how that book baby was, first little book baby was born. And um, I was actually having coffee one day. Again, through that prayer, Lord just, you know, set me one coffee day at a time. And let me encourage, because I just, that's definitely one of the gifts that Lord has given me, just to encourage women. I love encouraging real stories, real life, real faith. That's the tagline for my speaker page. But I met this friend of ours. For coffee, She was kind of downtrodden just, again, she wanted the Lord to use her. She didn't feel like her gifts were being used. And I was sharing with her just, you know, being at home and missing that connection with women. And we started talking graphics and how-to as in journaling. And I said, you know what, do you journal? And she was like, you know, no, I buy the cute journals. I put them on my nightstand. I get a page or two in. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I used to do this, you know, over and over. I do the same thing. And so I was like, you know, what would help you to journal? And she was like, I don't know, you know. And so the teacher in me kicks in. I'm like, would it help if you had like a how-to? And so then it's like God just began to connect the dots. And through a series of coffee dates with this friend of mine, that's how the journal was born. I had taken a curriculum that I used to teach with the children at school and teaching first first grade, teaching children to read. It was called Read Well, and it was a the process or the infrastructure for that curriculum was I, we, you. I do it we do it together you do it so it's modeling and so i just took that practice and i thought you know what what if i put this in a journal maybe if i share with people some of my prayers that aren't perfect but they're it's god's word salt and peppered through a prayer so if i take what i've done out of my own journals because i know that prayer changes everything but does everybody know it and If they knew how to do it better, would they be more apt to do it? So I just took that, you know, those past experiences and then that burning desire of just wanting the Lord to use me and we worked together and that's how the journal was born. When you pray, big things happen. And I just cannot get over the, th- the things that the Lord has done because that was all born again from that prayer. Use me where I am with what I have. I had time at home with my kids. I had a burning passion for prayer, to teach and encourage women. And he used all of that to establish and put together this little book. Uh, and he used a woman, by the way, who is afraid of punctuation. I say all the time <laughs> that I'm afraid of commas and semicolons. And uh, listen, I taught. First grade, we did simple sentence structure. Capital letter end mark. Subject basic subject predicate. So all anything above that, it scares me to death. But you know what? It's it's not a perfect thing. It's not anything that's gonna ever be on a bestseller, but it is definitely a little tool that God has used exceedingly and abundantly in ways that I've never dreamed. Wow. So then you've been able to go speak Absolutely. about the journal and So the story. journal opened those doors. And then I, it was crazy how we went from the little journal to I got most absent-minded in high school. I hoped I would outgrow that. It didn't happen. But I went to bed one night literally like thinking about prayer and thinking about the journal. It was right after it had come out. We self-published it through a Create Space on Amazon because I wanted it to be available through Amazon. Like every, Amazon's the go-to. So I actually was getting in bed one night, and I i, don't, I looked at my wrist or something. And I was like, I know. And I actually had a leather cuff that I used to wear, and it had worn thin. And I was like, what if I had a bracelet that was like, pray big, you know, those words. Because Jason had said those words when we prayed those years before, you know, when we just didn't even know what we were praying for. And I was like, pray big. Yes, we need I need something to remind us. Like, I get on Instagram. I start searching the hashtag. I couldn't find anything. I stumble upon this 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 lady and some jewelry and she's in upstate Washington. I sent her a private message. I'm like, hey, I just self published this journal. I'm thinking about some leather, maybe some jewelry. I've got a picture in my head, but you know, is this something you'd be interested in? She calls me. We have revival over the phone. She now is the jewelry maker for all of my jewelry that's with the product line. That has compl- another thing that I never would that would never would have made the list. It is only. Of God and for His glory, that now she takes her gifts and talents and small business, and she, we were connected online. We've next, we've never even met in real life. Now we've been working together almost it's coming on three years now, and it's crazy. And and her jewelry with my hashtag, we did trademark hashtag pray big. Um, with that, God is just, it's just going everywhere, and we're just blown away. And again, it was through prayer and just. Scary Steps of Obedience, just one scary step at a time. That's incredible. And then are you working on another book? Actually, I am. Yeah, like the big book baby. It's going to be the book mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not, a not I, It's Well, I'm not supposed to say that. But I never dreamed, and I still have a hard time even letting those words escape my mouth. I am definitely a speaker who writes versus a writer who speaks. I'm much more comfortable speaking, obviously, than I am writing. But this has been that thing that will not let me be. I know it as of God. I've begged him to take it away. I've begged him to let somebody else do it. I'll even give him the idea, but he won't leave me alone. And so I have worked and I've attended conferences and I've prayed and I've cried and I've met with people and I've started and started over and started over. And uh, yeah, it's a work in progress, but we're now closer than we've ever been. So, so
0: exciting. Yeah. And you also do. I love this Facebook Lives. So Uh you have a separate Facebook page um, for this part of your life. Yes. And your Facebook lives. They're just very entertaining, but you share lots of great things that I think just apply to lots of aspects of our life. So Uh I know recently you did one that talked about dreaming big Uh and not being afraid to do the things that scare you, which is. really been a big theme of our conversation today Mm -hmm. but how does that fit into everything that you've done from
1: taking over to the store to writing the book all that yeah you know the thing about me again that goes with that tagline is just to be real and I think the online world has become such a such a messy complicated thing and we definitely have the love-hate relationship. We were just discussing that with the online world, and so I just felt like this was a, a platform that the Lord really just began to establish years ago when I first did the journal. You know, several people who were a few steps ahead of me were like, "You know, you got to have a website. You got to have a brand. You need to have your name out there." When I was just beginning to talk about writing uh, the the real the book, the manuscript, and so. I started carmensmith.com, K-A-R-M-E-N, smith.com. No one spells my name correctly, so I just introduced myself and began spelling it. It's just natural. But carmensmith.com was established several years ago. Actually, the original name was Blessings Beyond the Barnyard because the year when I came home and we did some farm camps and there we were there with the kids, it was a fun way for me to stay in contact with those coworkers of mine. I'm like, look, I've started this little blog. You know, I don't even write in complete sentences. Like, I really didn't. Like, I wrote in phrases. <laughs> because, again, I told you I was scared of punctuation. So, you know, it started out as blessings beyond the barnyard, but then we transitioned into my name, carmensmith.com. And and so I would share those blog posts on my personal page initially. And then we went on in and and we started Carmen Smith dash blessings beyond the barnyard is the speaker page. But I began to see that online place as another area to speak and share of God's faithfulness. I didn't want it to just be about uh, my not Pinterest worthy house or <laughs> the clumps of manure that are forever on my porch and in my living room and dining room. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it to be about the faithfulness of God. And I wanted it to be a place where women could go and just feel like, uh, you no, know, Emily Freeman says, just for your soul to breathe, just a place where you could really be real. And if you were having a train wreck of a day, I wanted you to know that I have those too. And so, Facebook Live was suggested to me several months ago. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. And I, so the first one, I'm like, the first one truly, I had sweat running down my back. I remember thinking, like, I was splotchy, short of breath. I was like, I cannot I cannot do this. This is a bad idea. I can't just sit on here and talk to my phone. This is so vain. But yet... Yeah, the very first one, I got amazing feedback. You know, thank you. You're, the word that you spoke tonight went straight. You know, it's exactly what I needed to hear. How did you know that I was going through that? You know, and so then the next week, I was just like, again, another scary step of obedience. One week at a time. And God over and over and every week now through multiple women, he affirmed, yes, this is my next best yes for you. And so it's just now become a place where women can come, And I've got lots of women who come every week and they're just, they feel like, you know, that we're meeting over coffee. It's like our standing coffee date or our standing, you know, pajama party. And because I'm real, like a lot of days I cry, a lot of days I'm disorganized, a lot of days I'm excited, but I'm sharing real stories about our real life and I speak of a real faith that's a part of our everyday so it's been really good and I've been really amazed again at what God has done in that place and it's such a great
0: way to reach people beyond just your community
1: yes absolutely you know continuing we still pray the prayer of Jabez you know oh that you would bless us indeed and we make it plural and we have personalized it for our family that you know that enlarge our territory God is enlarging our territory through that Facebook live I mean people from all across the state and we've even had people out of the country I mean when the journal came out I know a girl found me We'd, I did a local interview with a cable channel here in town, and someone shared it on Facebook, and she shared it with somebody who was out of the country because her husband's in the military, and then the next thing I know, she's leading a small group, six or 12 women, they're doing this prayer journal together, and then it went to another and to another, so yeah, now we're connected, not just here in the U.S., but across, you know, that's that's one cool thing about the internet. It is a great way that we can connect, Uh, and you know, I use my page in these Facebook slides to make it a space of authentic and transparent connection. You don't have to come here with your mascara on and you junk all together. You just don't.
0: It's perfect. Well, recently you told a story about your son riding a bull,
1: which kind of oh, ties yeah. into all this. So can yep. yes, you tell did. us a little bit about that? Yeah, I wish I could think of the the... World champion bull rider, what his name is, but my son is absolutely conne- I mean, convinced he's fixing to just bump him right off the stage and be the next world <laughs> champion bull rider. And uh, he's going to be all of twelve tomorrow, too. I might mention. So, yeah, uh, it, listen, I don't even know. I don't even know. Of course, we live on a farm, so you know, livestock, cattle, horses, and aggressive turkey if you've seen my facebook lives recently we have a very aggressive turkey uh looks just like one of Joanna joanna Gaines's turkeys which hers looks so sweet and docile on tv but i'm gonna tell you what mine's straight from the pit of you know where <laughs> so <clears throat> well, that's another story for another day but yes farm life is very much a part of our life so my son just decided here a couple months ago that he was going to be a world champion bull rider and so he just began to work the plan and talk the strategy and you know you know inquire about getting gear and chaps and ropes and gloves and so I told my husband I was like look he's wearing me out with this we gotta let him try it right so now let me back up and say too with my boys of course bringing them home and homeschooling them I was very intentional about because I know truly that a lot of homeschool children in the past have because you know the resources and things just weren't there as they are now but I wanted I was very intentional about encouraging my boys to do one brave thing a day I didn't want them to be backward and shy and um, so we started out really small, like uh, if we went in McDonald's, you're going to place your own order. Look the woman in the eye, tell her what you want, say please and thank you. Okay, we're going to go pay some bills today. You're going to run this in here, tell them this is from your mommy or hey, this is from Fort Payne Feeding Garden. No, thank you. I do not need a receipt. So I started out doing little things like that. One brave thing a day. Okay, well, the next thing I know, they're building their own tree house up in the tree and they're hoisting pallets. And so they, they start, you know, they're building and they're climbing and they're exploring and adventuring and actually they have their own hashtag it's called adventures of tuck and jake because that's truly they're always doing something and so you know i've been training him for a brave life all of his life and now this one kind of snuck up and bit me i didn't see this one coming so you know he says to me mom i'm gonna ride a bull and i'm like "Oh, okay yeah this sounds good and everything is like no mom really i'm gonna ride a bull and so I said, okay, all right. So, and then I was like, he, no, he's serious. So I told my husband, like, I, he's really serious. He And I was like, I don't even him to just ride any bull. So we had a couple of bull calves at the house. I'm like, you know what, we, let's just start here. Like, sure, you know, it's not too far to the ground. I'd rather him do it here than go off to somebody's house. I can't see it. You know, And I, I'm not a helicopter mom. I'm not, because my husband won't let me be. So... um, We, Jason rigged him up a little ready-made bucking chute at home, and there was nothing to do one Sunday afternoon here. It's now been about six weeks ago, but to ride this bull calf. And the first one, I mean, he rode it like a champ and dismounted, and it was beautiful, and we videoed it and put it on Facebook, and it was great. Now, the second little rascal, which he was like, I want to do it again. You know, like, well, let's try this other one. And He was like, oh, it's too little. It's too little. Well, that's the one that got him. He bucked him off, and we don't know if he hit the panel on the way down or if it was just the way he fell, but he dislocated his elbow. So, yes, he was a recent guest on a Facebook Live because it was such a perfect, perfect, real-life story of doing scary things. And sometimes they turn out the way you want them to, and sometimes they don't. But yet we got to dust ourselves off and get back on because it goes back to where we started in that we learn from our mistakes. I mean, he immediately jumped up and started talking. Well, not immediately, after the hospital, a day or two after <laughs> sedation wore off. You know, he's like, I know what I did wrong. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that the next time. I mean, he was already ready to get back on and do it again because he knows that's what we do, right? We mess up, we learn from them, and we move on. Good so, for him. It was good. It was a good. It was a good little gift. A guest on the show. So, kind of
0: transitioning then into the farm part of your life. So you've got this store. You've got this stuff that you do with speaking and writing. But then you also have this farm, which has
1: its own business, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, um, when I came home that year, knowing really nothing other than I was just going to homeschool my kids. But we I praying Lord use where we use me where we are with what we have, use me where I am with what I have. And then that became us where we are. And we were like, Okay, we have a farm. I love kids. My husband's really gifted with animals. We had a wagon. Hey, you know, what could we do here? We started doing some research. There was no one around that had kind of what was going on in my mind and I was like we could start having like these farm camps and kids need to get outside they need to unplug we don't we didn't even we don't even own a gaming system um i just boys are made to run they need to get outside so you know that was just something i like i know i heard the women that i worked with and friends of mine that were just struggling to get their kids and keep them outside so we started what we called Smith Creek Farm and The boys actually kind of named it. They're like, hey, we have the name Smith. Hey, we have a creek. Let's call it Smith Creek Farm. So there we go. So we started Smith Creek Farm, and we hosted that summer, June, July, and August, the first summer that I came home, we had farm camp. We would run two-day camps. They could bring their kids, pay a fee. You could leave your kids. We had you sign a waiver. You could leave your kids with us or you could stay with your children, and we had like little rotating stations like I did in my classroom, okay, here's the meet and greet animals, you're going to come with Miss Carmen, we're going to talk about, you're going to meet Rosie the milk cow, we're going to look at the pigs, we're going to go talk about chickens, and hens and roosters, and who lays the egg, and do you know where your eggs come from, and are there chicks in here, and so, you know, and then we had a garden, so I would take them out in the garden, and I'd have them pick a plant, everybody go stand by a plant, okay, is this something that, you know, is this something just to look at, or is this something that actually feeds you, so it was educational, and it was fun, we had a sandbox, and some swings and all that kind of stuff and then jason would take them on a wagon ride so it was great and we were it was very um well received and we just saw real quickly we were going to have to cut some trees go big or go home and so that was in august Uh, before we started praying the prayer of Jabez in September, which led us to the store the following January. So we do not have as many events now on our farm just because of the lack of time. But obviously the farm is a great place of solace for us. You know, going home and doing chores in the afternoon is a great stress relief. You know, Jason, it's definitely where he goes to unwind. And he said for years, you know, he'd rather work with a horse any days because they don't talk back. (laughs) (laughs) So, so true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really good. And gosh, there's just endless lessons for our boys, just character development. And it, so it is peaceful. We do have a pond. And so we're very thankful. Very thankful.
0: Well, with everything you have going on, you still make your family a priority. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage all this and yet keep your focus on your family?
1: Well, they just, we just do that. I, I shared a little with you in that family, you know, I have my mom and my dad, thankfully, and Jason's parents, too, are both married. Um, many, many years, and neither of our parents are perfect, but they have both modeled commitment. And family was um, very much a part of my everyday. We sat around the table. Jason's family was the same. And so even though we are polar opposites in every way, Jason and I are, except our faith and the way we were our children, you know, it was just a non-negotiable for us. Work would, is never, would never trump family it's just that we've never seen that done in our circles and we just didn't want to do that so that was a big part of us buying the store you know praying that we believe that this was our mission field meaning jason me the boys and we've taught the boys from the time again being a part of that do something brave every day one brave thing a day the guys that come in here that sit in those movie seats downstairs we've challenged them all right, today's your day. Have you done your brave thing? Have you asked them, you know, do you, who is Jesus to you? And, you know, we have 60, 70-year-old men that will come in here and sit and eat to Jack's Biscuit and yeehaw with my boys or sit and whittle with my boys, and they'll listen to them about questions about the Lord where they might not listen to those questions from you or me. And so we've just made the boys that they're just a part of this. And I, as I shared with you, this is as much to us about making disciples as it is about making the dollar. And um, so it's just it's a non-negotiable. We, they're with us, and they're with us at the farm, and we we are hooked on Heartland. It's, it's how we wind down at night. It's, it's, it's family time. It's just it's a priority to us, and it's not just something that we say. It's something that we do. Now, there's every day's not a perfect day. Some days the boys are like, Mom, you're stressed today. Are you ill today? Because, you know, I, I get tired too, and some days I don't balance things as well. And thankfully, as I shared with you earlier, I am married to a realist who is my moderator and he'll say okay enough's enough we got to pull back particularly busy seasons like we're in now he's like you know so he does that to protect that family time because it is a priority and we know that it's not just something that you can say you got to be strategic and intentional about the way that you protect it because the world is a busy place and they will keep you just as busy as you will let them so we just have to we have to draw some circles and and say you know what no more fits here right now.
0: Well, your lives are all very ingrained in
1: this small town of Fort Payne. What is it that you
0: love most about this community?
1: Well, these are our people. I mean, you know, what's the cheer song? You want to be where everybody knows your name? Well, we, you know, I, we you can hardly throw a rock here that we are not kin to somebody or we don't know them from either having gone to school with them or me having taught their children or Jason having shod their horse or you know, and my sisters, Both I have one sister who was a banker at the local bank here for 18 years and another who's a nurse, and so both of us being born and raised here, these truly are, I mean, these are our people, and we've grown up with our kids, and we've gone to church with them, and, and now we're doing business with them and for them. So we, we share that all the time in, in this small-town America, in this, this little brick-and-mortar store that, you know, it's getting harder and harder to compete online, and, and we know that that's really an unrealistic expectation. We'll never be able to compete online, but what we can do is give you an opportunity to come and experience something different. And that is our tagline here at the feed store is, you know, come experience the difference. We want you to know that you matter to us, that you, we know that you are who puts food on our table and we value that. So guess what? We will give to your fishing tournament because you buy with us and we want to support your scholarship program and we want to know that your wife has fallen and she's hurt and that you know we had a, a local customer here a a very valued customer he, he he's had a heart problem you know and, and we are his family so you know he he is he called us i need you know bring me some you know bring me something to eat something to, he does not have we are his people and we want him to know that he is our people you know, he's, he's as much, he's as important to us as we are to him. And I hope that people come here, experience that because we are genuine. We are genuine when we say that. We know that if not for this community, we would not be here. So we, we those are, again, those aren't just words that we say. They're words that we mean.
0: Well, that's really clear. You can tell that when you're Good. here. And Good. That's, that's awesome. What would you say to someone who's thinking about taking a leap of faith like you did with the store, jumping into a small business? Pray,
1: pray, pray, and pray some more. No. (laughs) (laughs) Ask God, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you speaking to me? No, really. I mean, you know, prayer is what led us here. Prayer is what sustains us uh, because we know who we're praying to. Um, People care. What is it? Simon Sinek says um, people don't care what you do. They care why you do it. I think you have to be very careful. You know, are you going into a business? Is your dream? Is this passion the thing that won't leave you alone? What's it? What's it for? Do you want to make money? You want to make a difference? You want? I mean, listen. I know money's important. Listen, I I look at the bottom number here every day. Um, sometimes it's exciting and sometimes it's depressing. But I would say if it's that thing that won't leave you alone, you know, and we knew in praying that prayer enlarge our territory. The, the Lord speaks to us in different ways. We Obviously, he speaks through his word, through other people, through circumstance. For Jason being a realist, I mean, through circumstance, God usually uses circumstance because things have to really kind of make sense for him to, to, to know that it's of the Lord. The Lord uses people and Um, his word, obviously for both of us, but for me particularly, because words are kind of my jam. So he made it very clear that this is the place that we were supposed to go. So, you know, you got to know my sheep hear my voice. So however the Lord speaks to you, you got to listen to him. You got to be still. You got to listen and then ask him, you know, God, how could I use this space, this place to bring you honor and bring you glory? And then, you know what, if he makes it clear for you to go, you better go because God blesses obedience. And I pray all the time, because I am afraid a lot of days. I pray, Lord, help me to be more faithful than fearful. Help me to be more faithful than fearful. And so we take one scary step of obedience at a time. And um, to pray without ceasing, to to find people, you know, I had actually, I just met with a girl um, last week, a couple weeks ago, actually. She told me, she was like, I got this idea. I just Um, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about starting a small business. What do you want to, what do you think? So I met with her and I was like, you know, how long have you been thinking about this? Have you prayed about it? Is this something that you want to do? Have you talked to your husband about it? So we just kind of started from there. I was like, have you been writing these things down? Ask questions, find other people that are in a similar place. Ask them how long you've been doing it. You know, their mistakes, their pitfalls, again, working smarter, not harder. And, you know, just continue as you research and do your homework. And if it just won't leave you alone, then you do it then you do it. And you cry out to the Lord every day and you ask him to give you wisdom. And when you mess up or you fall off, you dust off and you learn from that and you keep going with your eyes fixed on Jesus every day. That's how we're doing it here.
0: Yeah. You shared with me a story about a lily pad game sort of thing, (laughs) but that was a great
1: analogy. Yeah. It was years ago, my mom and sister, I mean, my mom took my cousins and aunt, we all went to a water park well my mom and aunt do not swim well it's a generational thing but that particular day the day about passed us by and my mom's like well I'm going to find a ride so she chose uh it really wasn't a ride it was a walk but it was the lily pad path and I remember standing in line and you would watch people they would go from one side of the pool to the other and there was these floating discs and they had some monkey bars ahead so you would hold onto the monkey bars and you would walk So the person in front of you would step on the lily pad and it would go under the water. So you didn't know where it was going to come back up to the left, to the right, ahead, behind. Would it get entangled? But you knew it it was coming back up because it was hooked by chain to the concrete bottom of the pool. So for me, this business and having since prayed that prayer back now six years ago, you know, Lord, I want to live in such a way with such a boldness that others marvel at you and me, well, that requires faith. Just like, you know, stepping out on faith, not knowing where that little lily pad was going to pop back up. You know, it was just moving forward. Unsure of where the where the next step would be, but it was moving forward in faith one step at a time, one day at a time. And so that's what we, you know, I had a friend that, that I talked with. She was like, oh, you knew you were going to you knew you were going to buy the feed store when you left school. I was like, "No, I really didn't. I, I did not know. I didn't know I was going to write a journal. I didn't know I was going to start speaking at churches and conferences and camps. I had no idea. None of that was even on the horizon. It was not even in the clouds for me, as far as I was concerned. All I knew is that I needed to come home and mother and teach the children that I'd begged God for. That's what I knew in May, June, and July." I knew that, hey, farm camp's working. September, I'm going to go to Indiana on a mission trip. Come back, we're praying a prayer. And it was just one scary, one day, one faith at a time. One faith step at a time. Carmen, your story is so
0: inspiring. And I really believe that this is going to touch a lot of people. And I I hope that it gives them the courage to take that step of faith, to not be afraid if, you know, I'm with you. Those things that I know that I'm supposed to do, they just won't go away. Mm-mm. And that's for a reason. Yeah. And
1: so, yeah. Um, you know, and before we leave faith, the topic of faith, you know, the scripture is very clear. God is very clear in his word that it is impossible to please him without faith. So, you know, for those of us, I, I know, particularly being women, we like, we like to see, we like to see the plan. We, we, we are we're planners, or some of us are, not so much for me. But, you know, we like to, to see that, uh, oh, this is going to happen. Oh, well, there will be this much money in the bank. Oh, well, what about this? Well, you know, listen, the year that I left, that was the first year, like, the recession. And I was our primary breadwinner. I mean, I had our mortgage. I held our insurance. My mm-hmm. husband's job was very uh, risky. I mean, one kick, one horse could put him in the hospital for, who knows, endless days. But it was, again, that thing wouldn't leave me alone. We'd been praying big. God speaks. We hear his voice. Okay, you lead, we follow. That's faith. We couldn't see it. You know, my mom's a quilter. I share this story often too and in, in putting all this together. She's a quilter and I um, have watched her quilt, grew up Going up to my great aunt Ruby's and laying under the quilt rack and watching God and Light from the floor, you know, but just watching them literally stitch one piece together, and then you know before you knew it, there was this beautiful masterpiece. And I have a quilt that I bought at a yard sale years ago, and actually the pattern to that quilt is called a crazy quilt. And I'm like, well, how fitting that that would be my favorite quilt on the planet because <laughs> I feel a lot of days I'm more crazy than sane, but. That particular quilt, I mean, it's just, there's it's so abstract. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, it's just, you can see one hand stitched piece at a time, but it is a beautiful velvet felt pieces, all different. And so I think about what's happened over our life over the last six years. And I think it's just been one little piece at a time. First it was homeschool, then it was the farm, then it was the feed store. There and there was the journal and then there was speaking and now there's this you know this other things and projects and we don't know where we're going but here's what I know I believe that the best is yet to come. Me too.
0: And I, I feel like stepping out as an entrepreneur for me anyway f- it forced me to face the things that I found security in yeah. that were no longer there. Mm-hmm. But in going through that process and having to face that it has been the best thing that's ever happened to me because Mm -hmm. I realized that that was a form of security for me that I needed to let go of and
1: just trust, like you said, one day at a time. You know that song you grew up to? You know, you grew up in Iowa, you know, trust and obey for there's no other way. Yeah, Trust and obey. We trust Him for the things we cannot see, for the things that do not make sense to anyone else and that very much appear crazy to the world, to the watching world. But when we trust and we obey, we find our faithful God ever so faithful. He is a covenant-keeping God. He will not leave the righteous begging for bread. Those are promises that we can stand on. They're not void, dead words on a page. They're truth that are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Well, that's... I think
0: that's a good place to end (laughs) what a pleasure what a pleasure it's been
1: thank you so much well thank you we'll link to all of
0: your pages um in the show notes and you can find out more about everything that Carmen's involved with there so thanks a lot thank you Well, I don't know about you, but I was totally taking notes as Carmen was sharing her story. There were so many great one-liners in this podcast. A few of them, what is your best yes, do one brave thing a day, use me where I am with what I have, and take one scary step of obedience at a time. I hope you are as inspired as I was. Thanks again to Carmen Smith for being on the podcast today. You can follow along with her journey through the links in the show notes. Also, be sure to check out the YouTube video on their website. It's so adorable with Carmen and her family, and you can just get to know them a little bit better. So thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next week. Have a great day.